day 106 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and i'm john and remember this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right psalm 81 psalm 81 a call to obedience yeah right listen my people and i will admonish you israel if you will only listen to me uh he he uses this word <clears throat> listen yep and uh that word is Shema, right? Right. It's the same word that is used in Deuteronomy 6, right? Where God says like, yo, hero Israel, you know, the Lord of God is one, you know, love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that was the center of their theology. That was the center of what they believed about God. And I think what the scriptures want to tell us, bro, is that our main spiritual problem is that we have hearing problems, mm. right? That's good. It's like at the end of the day, He's like, and y'all didn't listen. He says, right. like, he says, y'all didn't listen. It's like, we just, we don't listen. And, and in that word, it's not just hearing and it going out the other ear, yeah. but it's hearing in such a way that you obey. Right. That it leads to actual obedience, right? Mm. And um, yeah, like hearing and responding to the voice of the Lord is yeah what he would have for his people. Yeah. So if all of that, if the first part is about hearing leads to obedience, mm -hmm. I think the back part of the psalm is that obedience leads to satisfaction. Mm. That from 11 through the end, what you get is God saying, but look, but my people didn't listen, so I gave them over. Mm -hmm. But then he goes on and at the end, and he says, but if only they would listen, yeah. yo, I'd quickly subdue, I'd quickly make things out. And then the last verse is, I would satisfy you with mm -hmm. honey from the rock, right? Yeah. What I love about that is the first part is like, yo, y'all are in the spot right now because you didn't listen. Yeah. To listen is to obey. But to obey, obedience doesn't rob you of joy. It leads you to satisfaction. Yeah. Right? That's that's the that's the lie we believe. Yeah. That disobedience leads to joy. Right. And obedience leads to misery <laughs> right, right 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 um but it's but it's so good i love what you said man because you know we have hearing problems because we have heart problems he talks right about the stubborn mm. hearts but also he says like like you said you know god he longs to deliver and free his people right, right. we just have to clean out our ears mm. and we do that by submitting our hearts that's dope yeah psalm 82 tricky passage mm -hmm. literally like one of the trickiest in the psalms we talked about how the psalms have these genres well, this one defies genre, right? right? right. There's no genre. Every, every scholar says like, no, no, no. There's like, we don't even know how to categorize this joint. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's really, it's really good. Um, you know, there have been misreadings of this passage right. to say that this passage is used here and by Jesus to say that human beings are gods. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but what the passage is actually saying, it's, you know, God, the God of the universe speaking to heavenly hosts right um about failing to carry out justice in the world so the lord right. uses these right. heavenly hosts yeah. to carry out his will right. throughout the earth yeah and that's why he stands in the assembly right calling out judgment mm. on these heavenly hosts right and they're also you know they're called elohim in the bible right they're not it's not many gods there's only one real god but he's calling out this judgment against them. And that's the theme that goes throughout this psalm. And the main point of the psalm, bro, at the end of the day, yeah. is like God cares about justice for the downtrodden. That's good. Right? At the end of the day, that's what he's going to say over and over, right? Provide justice for the needy up and the fatherless, uphold the rights of the oppressed, right? He's going to use the same words over and over or different words over and over to communicate the same thing. Right. God cares yeah. about 
justice. And at the end, he's like, yo, at the end of the day, um, verse eight, rise up, God, judge the earth for all the nations belong to you. One of the things that's interesting is about this psalm, and we don't have time to get into the nooks and crannies, is that um, what the psalmist is saying, he's calling on God, the God of the universe, to bring justice among the nations. So mm. he's not saying, hey, um, he's not just saying like, hey, God only cares about justice in Israel among the Right, people. right, right. He cares about justice everywhere. That's good. So this should be an impetus for his people That's good. to care about justice, not just with, with believers or not just with Cornerstone or not just in the four walls of the church, That's good. but everywhere in society That's good. because God cares about it. That's good. And you know bro. what he says, bro, at the end? Mm. He says, the nations are your possession or inheritance. Right. I don't know how it's translated. That same mm. verbiage is yep. used in Psalm two. You know Come what Psalm on. two talks about? Mm -hmm. The Lord mm -hmm. Jesus. Come on. The Lord Jesus. What is? Wh why is that important? The Lord. Je the nations will be the inheritance of the Lord Jesus. Right. The Lord. In other words, God cares about the nations because He is bringing the nations to Himself. That's good, bro. In the person and work of Christ, not That's just good. Jews but also Gentiles. <laughs> That's good, bro. In the one person of the Lord Jesus. Psalm eighty three. Mm. Psalm eighty three. What you got? <laughs> Prayer against your enemies. Yeah. What I love about this is that. Fam, people that do me wrong, people that do you wrong, aren't your enemies. Mm. They're gods. Mm. David puts this in the context of God, right? So it's this weird thing where he is praying against an, an enemies. He's dictating what they've done. But then in verse 9, He's not going to say, and wait till I get my hands on him. It's going to be a wreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, yo, he's not saying, all right, God, I just want you to know so that on site, yeah. you already know, right? Pre-forgive me for what I'm <laughs> going to do. But he says, yo, God, deal with them as you did with Midian, right? Mm -hmm. Verse 13, make them like tumbleweed. My God, like straw before the wind. So pursue them with your temper. Yeah. Terrify. He puts it all in God's hands. This is why it's important. Because you can feel these deep emotions of being betrayed and done wrong. But that anger, mm. if that anger is a flight, mm. it does not need to be a direct flight. Mm. It needs to be a connecting flight, right? Sure. A connecting flight stops somewhere en route to where it goes. David in the Psalms is going to make sure that all his anger is a connecting flight, mm -hmm. that it stops or at God, mm -hmm. and then God is the one that is able to direct it or reroute it, and it helps him to do a few things. One, not to take things that are done against him personally, because he reminds himself that they are ultimately done against God. Mm. Two, it starves the hunger that he has for personal vengeance mm. because he puts it in God's hands. And three, he says, yo, God, at the end of the day, I really want them to, to get a taste of you, right? Yeah. I want them to get a taste of you. And so it's this, um, yeah, this, this strange, this counter in intuitive mm. but such a satisfying way to deal with anger and frustration yeah absolutely i love what you yeah. said man uh in the interest of time i'm gonna just make one comment and yep. then we'll move on to right uh you know he he uh so yeah we always say geography is never an accident mm. right remember that when you read the bible geography is never an accident look what he does in verse five through seven if you know anything about the ancient world one of the things about israel is they was always in the crosshairs of the wars and the traffic because they were central right, right. the the enemies that he names here bro yep. 
had Israel hemmed in on each side right. geographically. Mm. So he's like, yo, there's nowhere for us to go. Right. And not, not only that, fam, they're forming alliances together to fight against us. That's they good. forming super teams. <laughs> right, right? They right, forming right, super right. teams to fight off on, on the go on the, on the <laughs> a team we got out of draft, right? Like they forming super teams against us. Right. And so, like you said, he has to call them. There's nothing we can do right. in of ourselves. So he sees himself as helpless. But ne- not hopeless, right? Mm. Because the God of the universe, not just of a region, is on That's his good. side. Psalm 84, super good. Uh, we actually sung this, not sung it. We went over this psalm in prayer last week yeah. uh, at, at church, Cornerstone. And uh, it's just so, it was so refreshing, man, just to see the longing. And we just prayed mm. that the longing that the psalmist has here, I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord, my flesh and heart, or my heart and flesh cry out for the living God, that that would be in us. Right? right, and I love that language because it speaks to appetites and yep. desires. And J J O, we have desires for everything, right. like for everything right. else, and it seems like an endless palette yep. for things that are not God. Yeah, right. Mm. And with the psalmist, is like, no, 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 like above anything else, right. I want to be near and in the courts of the mm. Lord. And um, I love what C.S. Lewis says, bro. He's like. No, no, like you come to realize, he's so sharp, that our desires are too small. Yeah. Mm. Right? Like, he's like, it would seem, you know, that our desires are not too strong, but too weak. Mm. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Mm. Right? Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. Mm. We are far too easily pleased mm. and yeah at the end of the day there's someone who can ultimately satisfy us and we just settle for something so right. much less yep. yeah yo and this is where praying for a hunger is so key right that there's an aspect of it where you know the bible does talk about you know those who hunger and thirst for right righteousness will be filled Ew. verse 5 of psalm 84 right Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on mm. pilgrimage. And there's this aspect where, um, yeah, that where that hunger is birthed, mm. then we find ourselves seeking to quench it or mm. seeking to satisfy it in the right thing. And it's actually in that journey towards God that we look experience a type of satisfaction that can't be explained, mm. right? There's a reason why the Bible is going to tell us to taste and see that the Lord is good yeah. because there is a type of experience yeah. that explains things better than any exposition, right? That's like, you know, a hot stove explain or a red stove explains hot mm. better than any dictionary definition, right? Mm. Experiencing the goodness of God helps us understand what God is like mm. better than any convincing or mm. exposition. And so when we pray for the hunger, we're praying for God to birth something inside of us that motivates to us to action that we can't birth inside of ourselves. And if God answers that prayer, then God is the one moving us towards the enjoyment that's found in him mm. And we find that our task is in praying and crying out to God, asking him to do that for us. Yeah. One of the one of the last things I'll say, and we can pray um, yeah. for this. Verse five, he talks about 
you know, happy are those whose strength is in you. Yeah. Then he says, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Yeah. And St. Augustine, bro, yeah. one of his favorite metaphors for the Christian life yeah. is a pilgrimage. Yeah. That we are going to the heavenly city yeah. to be with God. Mm. And it's That's something good. about remembering, bro, yeah. that as you traverse through this life. Now, here, he, they went to the literal temple. Right. But for our period in, in history, we are journeying yeah. in this life toward mm. God and his courts forever. Yeah. And keeping that at the forefront of our minds, right. keeping our hearts and our longings oriented that way yeah. is what keeps us blessed and mm. flourishing, even in this life. Amen. Yeah. Now, let's pray. God, today our prayer is simple. We pray that you would help us to hunger, Lord, mm. not just help us. We pray that you would create in us a hunger mm. for you, that we would be discontent with all the pleasures of life until we find our complete and ultimate pleasure in you, our treasure, our great God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.